Hello ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast is with uh, two random clients that were traveling that had a very interesting story to tell about sexual assault and I thought it was really important that you guys heard about it and I hope you guys enjoy and I hope you take something from it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy. It has been a while since I have done a podcast. I think it's been over six weeks. Um, and I took a break because, you know, I've just been digesting all this intense information for, you know, the better part of two decades. And uh, I was finding that I was just getting bitter and angry with humanity over it. Not because um, I hate people, but because I feel like it's very obvious what's going on in our society that, you know, we have politicians and corporations and tech giants doing scandalous shit. And then we have a bunch of people who can't seem to get ahead in life and they can't really, you know, explain why all this bad stuff is happening and they're willing to fight to the death to defend these psychopaths and, and sociopaths. And so I found myself being bitter at humanity rather than being bitter at the beasts running this system. So I took a break and I'm glad I did. And um, I haven't been digesting as much conspiracy shit or political shit or dark information and I've been feeling a lot better because of that. Took a little vacation and today I was at the tattoo shop and I always meet really interesting people at the shop and I'm really blessed to have such an awesome job and be able to travel and meet awesome people and these two nice young ladies came in to get tattooed and they're visiting from out of town. So I had these clients come in that are visiting from out of town and as always, I start small talk with my clients, and they dropped the bomb on me with some really interesting stuff that I felt like would be really good for uh, people to hear about, uh, specifically since I don't want to relate this to myself necessarily. This relates to anybody you know, who's trying to get the truth out um, and has a thankless or is, is, is faced with opposition or just really angry, agitated people. And, uh, you know, like trying to share information about, you know, what I've studied over the last 20 years, you know, countless books, countless podcasts, countless documentaries, countless websites, you know, just countless encounters with people who have been affected by a lot of the garbage that's going on in our society right now. And, we're met with opposition constantly. You know, people don't want to believe that it's that scandalous. So, um, my guess, I'm going to let them tell their story, but what they told me is they went through a traumatic experience and it didn't seem like people believed them or that they cared enough to investigate things further. And um, I just think that's a really good metaphor for where we're at now because. I've experienced, I know a lot of friends have experienced it, so I am going to welcome Lizzie and Lexi onto my podcast. Say hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. And um, they came in, they got cool little tattoos, and then we started conversation, and um, they're visiting from out of town. We're not going to say from where, but uh, maybe you guys can share why you're visiting. So, hi, I'm Lizzie. We actually were sexually assaulted back in January. Back in January, um, we were at a local bar in our town that we would go to regularly, maybe once or twice a month, and we ended up being drugged at the bar and we were taken back to this man's apartment. And little is known between then because of the drug. We don't remember pretty much anything. When we woke up, Lexi actually woke me up 
because I still had alcohol in my system and the drug in my system for a while. And we're not even sure what drug it necessarily was because it was handled very poorly by the hospital, which we went to about a few hours after waking up around noon, would you say? Yes. And um, upon arriving at the hospital, they didn't take urine samples, blood samples, anything that might get any sort of proof of what exactly happened. So we can't really, we have nothing to go off of to press charges to hold them accountable, which unfortunately I think is a story for a lot of other women and just victims in general. How long were you guys waiting at the hospital for? We were at the hospital for nine hours. Um, It took probably, I would say maybe five hours for us to be actually moved into any sort of room to get tested, get rape kits done. Um, I just would say the situation was handled very poorly. Our urine wasn't taken until 24 hours after the assault. Our blood wasn't taken at all at the hospital. And some of the nurses that we had weren't very um, friendly or very accommodating to our situation. And actually, right away when they were just taking vitals and general information... Um, I was super overwhelmed and I nearly passed out and I told her I was passing out and she goes, well, you're already in a chair. And she didn't even, my sister who was in the room with me at the time had to ask for an ice pack and ask the lady to stop asking me questions because I was nearly incoherent. She didn't do anything. And my nurses for the rape kit were also rude as well. And they just didn't, one of them was a even in training, and she wasn't doing a very good job. And on the other hand, my nurse that was taking care of me was very, very nice and very accommodating. I would say I had the better of the two that we got. Um, It seemed like she did believe me, but then later on, through the process of what you do after a sexual assault, um, the detective that was assigned our case was at first very on board. Yeah, so I'm the only one who spoke to him in person so far. And when I first spoke to him, he was super passionate about it. He said, let's nail him to the fucking wall. He seemed like he was really trying to catch these dudes and was telling me what the game plan was and how he could get evidence for us to encourage us to press charges. And... It wasn't long after that I spoke to my mom who had spoken to him. He didn't call me back like he was supposed to. My mom had been continuously emailing and calling him, and he finally got back to her just because she was pressing him. And he had gone to speak to the bartender who had been a witness that night. And number one, the bartender said he didn't know the men who had drugged us personally, yet the both the assaulter and the bartenders had each other's numbers. So that clearly was a lie. So the, and then they also said we had only ordered two margaritas after the drinks we remember. And considering that Lizzie's results came back with alcohol still in her system 24 hours later and that she had alcohol poisoning, that also was not true as well. And the bartender said the cameras just happened to not be working that night. Which is fishy. Yeah. And the detective still, after all of this, still said that it seemed, oh, the bartender seemed really genuine and that he was telling the truth and he did not really acknowledge our story as being true. Yeah, because criminals aren't really sophisticated in how they, you know, you know, socialize with cops or anything like that exactly they know what they they were doing they knew who they were doing it to we were we were regulars at this bar we knew the bartenders so it just the whole thing is not was not handled well at all and even to this day our detective i have never once spoken to him i have called him a few times but he hasn't even answered yeah he hasn't answered he hasn't given us really any information that we've been looking for and to this day he still hasn't called me back (laughs) so it's just really frustrating knowing that people don't believe us when clearly something happened and this happens to women all over and this it's not okay and it really needs to be stopped
And, I mean, he doesn't even think it's drugs necessarily anymore. He thinks it's just alcohol, and we had drank too much, in quotes, as they all say. Very doubtful. Yeah, because, um, so I woke up sooner than Lizzie did. I came out of it a little sooner. Yet, like, the first hour of waking up when I was in the bed with him, my memory is so fuzzy. And I have, like, drank enough before where I blacked out. But once you're awake, you're awake. It's not like when you come out of anesthesia and your like memory's fuzzy and like cuts in and out and it's like what's kind of going on like like after getting your wisdom teeth out and that's exactly what it felt like and i don't even remember some of the conversations we had apparently with um a friend who picked us up and drove us home later from because our assaulter i had him drop us off at our work building because i didn't we didn't have our car because he had taken us from the bar and i obviously didn't want him to know where we lived and so I had him bring us to work and we talked to the dude who we had pick us up and we don't even remember a lot of the conversations we had with him. Your so friend that picked you up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So clearly that was not just drinking and we had drank too much. Okay. So I want to get a better picture of this. So you guys show up to the bar that night. What do you guys, or each one of you guys, what do each one of you remember from the moment you got to the bar? So we got there around 7.50, and when we go, we always go earlier to avoid the crowds, and we aren't super big drinkers. Like, we don't go to the bar every night, and we don't go every week. Yeah, you said you went, like, once or twice a month. Right. And so we sat down at our usual booth that we sit in. Not We aren't sitting at the bar. We're sitting in a booth. And we always, there's a drink called a Capri Sun at this bar that we always get because it's green tea and it's good. Um, And then I don't know if it was someone's birthday that night or what, but the bartender was handing out free shots and he brought them to our table and we took it. Yeah, two different times too. So we're thinking that the second shot was the one with something in it. But prior to that... We So I would say we had three drinks, and right when the two guys sat down was when we were about to leave. We were getting up to leave because we don't normally have more than two or three drinks. And so we were talking to them, and honestly, that's the last thing I remember is them sitting down. Yeah, my memory, I think, cuts out a little bit before yours does, because I think he went to the bathroom, and I was just me sitting alone with the one dude whose apartment we ended up at. And I just remember him talking about being like his family coming from a different country and asking where he's from. And then next thing I know, I'm in his bed in the morning. That's like where my memory cuts out. So how long do you guys think you're at the bar before your memory cut out? So I had sent a Snapchat at 1130, which I do not remember. Um, And... I don't think the detective gave us a clear answer of when we really left. I think it may have been around midnight, but I'm not yeah. sure. So it was somewhere between midnight and 1 a.m., which is when the bar closes. Okay, but when do you think the was the... the So you got there at around 7.30-ish? Yeah. When do you think you guys drank that second shot? It must have been around 10-ish. Yeah. I would yeah. say between 9.30 and 10. So you guys weren't sitting at, you know, at the bar tossing them back you were sitting back enjoying your capri sun drink yeah and just talking being you know good friends and doing kind of what you normally do yeah when you go there and and then they're giving you they give you a couple free shots mm-hmm. and then shortly after the second shot you started feeling strange mm-hmm. or you can't remember what happened um yeah, that's uh, that's that seems to be a common thread a lot of times with a lot of like these situations is like, you know, like I had and I told you guys earlier, I worked with this guy, you know, when when I was at Disney, and um, he had just moved to L.A. and he went to a you know like a pretty popular club in Hollywood called the Key Club, and some guy offered to buy him a drink and he said you know he drank this drink with this guy he thought the guy was just trying to be nice you know you know he's from the midwest he's like a kind of innocent dude he was a pretty innocent dude you know 
he was a really nice guy. And then he said the last thing he remembered was waking up in the back of this guy's car with his dick in this guy's mouth. And, um, you know, so, I mean, this was like 20 years ago he told me this story. So um, the whole, like, date rape drug or whatever you want to call it thing is is – it's been going on for a long time, and um, yeah, it's uh, really unfortunate that, that this shit happens, and even more unfortunate that people that are affected, whether it's molestation or rape or whatever it is, are, you know, people don't, they either, it's uncomfortable, maybe that's why they don't want to believe them, or they just don't want to believe, maybe in their world, shit like that doesn't happen, you know, they live in Walt Disney World or whatever, but um, it just like it really almost seems like we live in a system where I mean, clearly they protect pedophiles, um, you know, repeat offenders, you know, will go to jail for two years after their you know fourth or fifth child molestation charge. They'll let them out on good behavior, and lo and behold, they'll come back and do it again. And you know. Even like with the whole COVID thing, it's like they're putting people in in jail for going to the beach, but they're releasing pedophiles and rapists early because they supposedly cared about their safety. But I'm like in the background, like, uh, well, what happened to quarantining and wearing masks? I mean, can't we just give these fucking rapists masks since they work so well? But so I want to hear both your guys' side too from like, you don't remember anything that happened after you left the bar. And I'd, I'd like to point out another thing I remember that the de- the detective said. He said that the man who had assaulted us was acknowledged and was known as a womanizer. Yet, when they had clearly witnessed us leaving the bar later because they talked about it, they saw us leave without our coats, our keys, our car, our credit cards, we, which is crazy because um, it's pretty cold where we live, so we wouldn't be leaving without our coats. And they saw us leaving without all this with a known womanizer, yet they didn't say anything, which is another womanizer red flag. or sex offender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's another red flag that the detective clearly brushed past. Brushed past, even and he still says, "Oh, they're genuine. Seems like they're telling the truth," which I just think is outrageous i would also like to say it clearly doesn't matter what you're wearing that night i was wearing an oversized sweatshirt with leggings and i wasn't dressed up nothing was showing um that shouldn't matter anyway you should be able to wear whatever you want yeah and i was wearing a flannel and a jean jacket it's not like you guys showed up dressed like hoochies in the middle of the hood and right in a place where you you know There's known danger or whatever yeah. you went and frequented a, a bar that you go to right. from it time w- to time. Yeah. It was a Thursday night. I had just graduated from college and we just wanted to go have a few drinks together. We're roommates. We're best friends. We just thought we would be able to enjoy some drinks, but I guess we couldn't do that. Yeah. So do, you, do you guys remember anything from being back at this guy's apartment at all? Um... I have more memory than Lizzie does because she still had more alcohol in her system at the time. And I believe the drug as well because you were drugged later because you were in the bathroom. And well, my own, I, my memory cuts in and out like the first hour of waking up, but I was in the bed with him and he was touching me. After a while, he asked me where I worked and that's when my memory started coming back and I was like, oh my God, like my boss. Oh yeah, I, this is where I work. I need to actually get to work because I did. I worked that morning. And so I got up out of the bed and I walked to the doorway just kind of like, oh, I got to get to work. And I was still so out of it that when he's like, are you looking for your friend? I was like, oh my God, Lizzie. <laughs> like I had completely forgot just about everything. And he's like, yeah, she's in the other room. So I walked in to this room and all I saw was like a crib and <laughs> like a blanket like a heap on the floor I didn't even realize it was her sorry I'm laughing this is how we deal with our trauma um yeah, that's, I get it <laughs> and so then I walked back to the room and I was like 
uh, where is she? And he said, she's on the floor. And I was like, okay. So I walked back in there. Sure enough, she was under the blanket. And so I was just like prodding her being like, oh my God, Lindsay, we got to get to work. We got to get to work. Because at that point, I still was just thinking we were out of it. And I just drank too much. But that definitely was not the case. So I woke up in a child's room. Uh, There was a crib. There was photos of this guy on the wall with his wife and kid. And I was under a blanket. I had no pants or underwear on. I have no recollection of them coming off or anything that had happened. Um, So that's how I woke up, which was... I was still very out of it. Like, I don't remember anything really at all. Lexi remembers more than I do. When did it... um when did it click into place what had happened so when we got back to the apartment to your guys's apartment yes to our apartment apartment, uh lizzie crashed because you were still kind of out of it you were super tired um and i just felt dirty you know just like Mm. gross so i took a shower i got out of the i like cried in the shower got out of the shower made myself puke because i felt so sick to my stomach because i just felt something just was really wrong And so I called my sister who I'm really close to and I told her about everything. And she, she said, the moment she said, Lexi, I think you guys were drugged. I was just like, oh my God, I think that is what happened. And she said, I'm coming over right now. We're going to take you guys to the emergency room. And then that's when I went and told Lizzie and it kind of clicked around the same time for her. And you were like, oh my God, I think so. So when Lexi told me, I had just, I was sleeping because I was so out of it. I, there was alcohol in my system. Um, she told me and I sat there for a little bit like, no, that wouldn't happen to us. We were at the bar that we always go to. Why would it happen to us? And then I was thinking about like, I don't remember anything. Why were my pants and underwear off? What happened? And then I realized that something terrible had happened and I ended up puking too just the nerves the alcohol that was in me the drug who knows and then Lexi and I just when Ashlyn Lexi's sister got there um we just kind of just cried together because we didn't know what to do big hug the three of us group hug yeah group hug and so from there you guys went to the hospital and excruciating process yeah our nine yeah. hour journey slow and unsuccessful yeah but you, so you got it all you guys definitely at that point were like okay this happened yeah yeah you know so they did not i don't want to be too explicit but i will be because that's just how i roll so they, they did not test you for like fluids or semen or anything like that well they do part of the rape kit is they take um it almost looks like a blue light and they shine it on your body to look for that which they did after i would say by five or six hours of us sitting there after you guys had already showered right lexi had showered i hadn't but i had there was some evidence on me but not really a lot um, yeah, because you had, it was on your neck? My neck had different things on me. And the only thing I had, I didn't, they didn't find any fluids, but then again, I had showered. But I had a bruise on my upper leg, and also the right um, side of my jaw was slightly swollen, and it was tender to the touch. And it was for a few days. Oh, so, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not cool. No. Um, do they do like internal like swabs or anything like that? And did they do that for you guys? Yep, that's part of the rape kit. And did you guys get any results back or anything? We, um, they have been tested, but we asked not to know what the results were at the t- at right now. That's where we're at mentally. Okay. But we have gone to our checkups afterwards. For obviously a, checking as for STDs, blood okay. testing, and we've been looking at results from that, which fortunately seem good so back. far. So so far so good, but it okay. takes a year for many to form. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. And when do you guys, um, when do you guys feel like you'll be ready to know the results? Are you guys just playing it by 
Yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be a time that we'll be ready, like mentally, because it's obviously very traumatic. But I do think that we will find out the results. Maybe, I don't know. And I'm thinking about calling within a month to know just to see where the process could go. And, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So if the results come back positive that there was semen in you or whatever, you guys can then press charges against this guy maybe? So I have a degree in criminal justice, so I went through schooling with this. And even if there is semen on you or any other body fluid that doesn't belong to you, uh, a lot of times the court case does not go through because mm. of how stigmatized this situation is. And I don't think I want to go through that yes. situation because you have to be in court with them. Yeah. You have to testify. Um, and just seeing them again, just, I don't... Yeah, you don't want to be triggered. Right. And if our own detective doesn't believe us and thinks we just drank too much and had a one-night stand with this dude, I feel like... No one would believe no us. No one would. Yeah, it's like, what are, what are the chances of them even... Yeah, man, that's that's heavy. That's really fucked up and uh, very unfortunate. And, you know, I think I, I was saying to you guys earlier, like, just our country, I mean, the, the world has been, like, sleeping and, you know, turning a blind eye to all this diabolical shit that... You know, is it, it starts at the top. So it starts where the politicians are and, and, you know, the Senate and, you know, just government in general and the hierarchy. And um, then it trickles down. And, you know, if, pe you know, people are watching senators, you know, have child prostitutes show up and, you know, they're, they're paying off police officers and, you know, it's just going to trickle down into, you know, police commissioner and then the police chief and then so on and so forth and then police department. And, you know, there's been so many cases of cops, you know, raping women or prostitutes or, or whatever. And it's like, which nobody's going to do shit about it. And, um, yeah, we just have like this sleeping populace globally I think a lot in America, though, more so because I feel like in America, we have, like, more opportunity out here in a, in a sense, as well as more of an ability to see things and call things out. Because even though there is situations like you guys were going through where no justice, there is situations where, like, let's say your dad was a lawyer or some, you know, they, they, they sexually assaulted the wrong woman and the dad was like, Oh fuck that. We're going to prosecute this motherfucker, you know? And then lo and behold, the guy gets prosecuted, but that's, you know, it's like a fair, you know, a rare situation where people will take it to the top like that. Um, that does happen, but you know, it's just really odd with everything that's going on on our, our planet right now and in our country there's clear corruption on every level and people are still in denial they're still turning a blind eye and um they're still just not getting it and a lot of this stuff you know whether it's you know child sex trafficking rape you know um hits from the government or police this is not like some new phenomena this has been going on for thousands of years and it goes back to the roman empire and probably predates that so it's it's really uh yeah this is a uh, the whole the whole system is jacked up and um what do you guys think um so this happened how long ago End of January. End of January. So it's been a little over a month. And so one of the things that the police men who we spoke to, we had to tell our story at the hospital in case we decided to press charges. Um, and this isn't necessarily on him. This is one of the questions that they have to like a list of questions that they run through. So it's not necessarily him. He was actually very polite and um, respectful throughout the whole process. But they ask at the end, if you if you were sober, what if you slept with him? And I think that's just 
a stupid question to ask because it it doesn't matter if you are attracted to them. If you are dating them, consent is consent. And that should have nothing to do with it. And I think that that's just an unfortunate part of our culture is that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you never have a right to anyone's body in any situation. Without consent. Without consent. Dating or not. Yeah, and what is that question? It's like, well, he was a really attractive rapist. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Give me a fucking break, dude. Um, It's like, even if I would have said, yeah, maybe, maybe I would have, like... Does that mean like that would make what I was saying? Yeah, they would have used that against you yeah, in court of law. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly what they would have done. You get torn apart in the court. Like, you drank too much. You were wearing these clothes. You were too nice. You were talking to them. And I just think that's a huge part, a huge problem in our society is um, is blaming the victim. It right. is never the victim's fault. It is always the assaulter. How about we train people to control themselves, then train people to protect themselves? Like, yeah, a lot of my friends, they, they have kids. I never went down that road. Um, and uh, I was always very careful about that. Um, everybody's always saying, oh, you'd be such a good dad. And I probably would because, you know, like, I mean, I try to do everything 100%. But they're always like, oh, my kids are out of control, this and that. And I always tell them, did you need to get them into martial arts, dude? <laughs> like, you know, like defend themselves from bully. You get your daughter into jujitsu and kickboxing. You'll feel sorry for the rapist, believe me. Um, and uh, that would be great if, like, that was more like encouraged for. You know, pa- oh, I was just gonna say, and um, obviously victims all across like genders. It's not just women, but it's predominantly women who are victims. And I mean, you're taught growing up. I mean, I was probably nine years old and my, we were walking to the car in a parking ramp and my mom goes, always check under your car. Um, someone might slice your Achilles tendon so you can't run. Check the back of your car. Check the trunk. And or like carry pepper spray. Carry those little things that you hold in your knuckles that you can scratch somebody with. And it's you're taught how to defend and protect yourself growing up, but it's not vice versa where like you're teaching your sons or just your children in general to control themselves to respect other people respect other people's bodies you're not teaching them that along with women learning to protect themselves growing up because like that mentality like oh boys will be boys and i just think that's a really toxic phrase to like teach growing up i just think i just think like rape culture in our society is just out of control out of control i'm actually a black belt in taekwondo and unfortunately, that night, I was too out of it to even realize what was happening, to fight back, to defend myself. I had no idea what was happening. So I couldn't even use that to my favor. Yeah, and and um, like you were saying a minute ago, like, you know, what are they teaching the boys and stuff? And I said to you guys earlier, I was like, you know, they do, they blame men a lot, which I, I get it, men, men, you know, majority of the time are assailants, but somebody's raising these men, right? You know, what what's the mother not instilling or, or, or whatnot, you know, because like you, you can look into a lot of people's families and, you know, let's say this girl's getting molested by her grandfather and she's trying to tell her mom and her mom's denying it. And then lo and behold, you know, years go by, grandpa dies. And then she finds out, well, grandpa was molesting the mom too. Well, what the fuck is making the mom be in denial about that? What is the mom? And mom knew that this was happening to the daughter. Right. And they, they let that stuff happen. It's really bizarre. I, I mean, I don't understand the psychology behind that. Uh, I don't know if it's like there's this weird like, oh, well, that's normal. That's what he did to me. Or if if it, there's even jealousy and bitterness, well, she's going to get it too. Or right. you know what I mean? Because people that are abused, they have a weird psychology, how they interpret their reality. Right. I think a lot of it is denial. Nobody wants to admit that they were assaulted or they may be embarrassed or they don't think that they'll get the help they need or the support they need. Especially in a, in a society where it's so stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. And, um, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up. 
how you know the things get handled and what I was going to say oh I know what I was going to say um with rape it is to my knowledge dominantly women who are victims of rape um with child molestation to my knowledge it's dominantly little boys um and so and people don't talk about this um and me I'm I'm the type of person I don't want to hear let's just use this as an example. I don't want to hear about climate change. I want to hear about environmental disasters because let's not skirt around the issue. Let's go straight to the source. So if women are getting raped all the time, do you think that there may be a, a correlation between little boys being molested all the time? But, you know, it's, we're not trained to think about the first thing that's wrong with our society, we're trained to focus on the seventh thing on the totem pole. So whoever, you know, at the top can keep doing whatever the fuck they're doing while everybody pays attention to something that's, yeah, it's bad, but that's not the root cause, right? Yeah, the root cause needs to be focused on in order to help change the whole terrible thing, the whole rape culture. You have to start at the beginning. And I think, um, at least for the case of women, I myself don't know a lot about, you know, children, pedophilia, and little boys being the most common victims for it. But I can say I think for women, um, it's you're just so sexualized all the time growing up. It's everywhere. And um, even, like, in school, you would get... You're so limited with what you can wear. I... I my shorts were barely like above my knees they were long shorts and I had teachers pulling me over like you can't wear shorts like these these are distracting or you couldn't wear spaghetti straps because your shoulders are distracting like boys could be in their spandex and track practice in high school and like shirtless and that was fine but we couldn't be in our sports bras and shorts or sports bras and leggings because it was distracting and that was viewed as okay like yeah, women can't be distracting. Hide your bodies, women. Um, well, what's really bizarre about that, too, is, um, like, I find that a lot of times when you make something taboo or you put, like, oh, no, no, don't do that. Oh, no, no, you don't want to do that. It, it like, makes people, you know, want that even I would more. Agree. They, they, like, you know, it's, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like all kinds of examples of that. I can't think of a bunch of them offhand. I mean, I'm sure I could, but yeah, it's like drugs, you know, like so Mm -hmm. many people, you know, you're told not to do drugs and what happens when you get older, you know, because you've been told your whole life, oh, you can't do this, you know, it's like, I remember when like, this is just a weird example. You know, I have a little sister who's 20 years younger than me and, you know, I'd have to watch her every once in a while and. My mom would be like, don't let her play GTA, this and that, this and that. And the first thing I would do when my mom left was sit her in front of GTA. And I measured it as, and I know that sounds disrespectful, but I measured it as, is I'm not going to lie to her. I'm not going to pretend like we live in, in, in like, you know, Disney World. If I, you know, exposed her to certain things within reason then she's not going to be curious about this crap when she gets older. She's going to know, you know, what the fuck time it is. And, you know, a lot of, you know, and I, I never censored the way that I talked or joked around with her. I teased her a lot. Nobody wanted me to tease her. And now she's like super smart, super successful. She's got the greatest sense of humor and she's, she's aware as fuck. You know what I mean? She, she knows what time it is she knows about psychological trickery and things like that and i think you know trying to nerf society and like i mean i want things to be nice and sweet and cute and loving you know i love animals and i love you know nice things right i mean i loved willy wonka and the chocolate factory and all the good you know willow and all these you know movies i wish things operated like that but unfortunately they don't and i think we turn a blind eye or we try to stifle and hide that shit. And then there's like this underbelly and this undercurrent of this criminal behavior because people aren't criminally sophisticated. They can't see this, the, you know, this, this 
tsunami coming down the pipeline. They're not paying attention to the signs and the symbols in front of them, and they get victimized or they allow others to get victimized. And Right. And, and, oh, you go. And back to the school thing. Like, I'm tall. I'm 5'10". So for sports, when we would have to dress up for game days, I would wear the same dress as everyone else. But since I'm tall, I can't wear it because it falls differently on my legs, even though everyone else has the same dress. And that is just another thing that women are so sexualized in a school setting, which is crazy. And it's just, I think that's how you grow up. You're like, oh, I can't show that because it's distracting to the boys. Can't show my knees because I might get sexualized. There's just so much that women grow up to that you have to be so protective of yourself for other people to feel safe. And I I think it's like you said, where if you make something taboo, you're more curious and you want it more. And I think it would be so beneficial to for let women wear what they want to, just like the boys can growing up. Cause if you, if that's normalized and you grow up seeing that and like seeing women own their own bodies and you grow up seeing it's not taboo, I feel like you also like view it as normal and yeah. it's not like, yeah. yeah, you look at like, like ancient tribes and, and, you know, things like that all over the world and they were completely naked and, I'm sure that there's instances of rape in those civilizations, but I could I could assume that the instances of rape were probably far less common in those type of societies because, you know, women walked around naked and, you know, everybody walked around naked. So everybody saw everything. There wasn't like this curiosity or, you know, and I would assume that a lot of those civilizations and societies and tribes and stuff frowned upon things like that. You know, they were like, hey, we got to hunt. We got to do this. We got... You know, and then it helps because it's like, just because I can see their body doesn't mean I have the right to touch it. Because right. if you are, if that's like trained into you, because you're growing up all the way through school, childhood, adolescence, if you see other people comfortable in their body, obviously, like there would be, there's there's so many people around you all the time that if you were touching someone inappropriately, that it would, it would be stopped right then and there, like growing up. So it'd be instilled in you, like. Just because their body is being shown doesn't mean I get to touch it. Doesn't mean I have the right to. And I think that just goes right along with the taboo thing. And I think that's something. Yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know exactly because I'm a fucking rapist. Um, (laughs) uh, I've always been very aware of, even when drinking, I've always been very self-aware. I've always had way too much pride to be making shit weird between me and a girl that I was attracted to. I also have a lot of self-control. So, you know, I, I think that... And I also don't like um, the thought of violating anyone's space, whether it's, you know, words or... Well, that's not true. I say some pretty triggering things from time to time. But, like, you know, like, it's just, like, it's always been, like, a common theme for myself to not... So it's always been really hard for me to understand the place of where these type of people come from. But it's always been such a curiosity of mine to understand the mind of a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, a serial killer, a rapist, a career criminal... So I always take it back to the source, what happened in childhood or whatever. What kind of school did you guys go to when you were growing up? I grew up in a very small town. My graduating class was 64 people, so it was pretty small. It was a very small school. Um, was it like Christian or Catholic or anything like no, that? No, I didn't go to any type of private or church school. Um, it was a public school, and yeah. I also went to public schools growing up all the way through my, well, I lived in multiple places around the country growing up, but my graduating class, which is also where I grew up, um, was about 400 people. Okay. So So we grew up in very different environments. But similar because they're so tiny. Right. right? Did you guys grow up in the same state? No. Okay. I'm not going to ask you where you grew up. (laughs) I just... um, so, 
now that this has happened, oh, I want to ask you guys a question if you guys don't mind answering. Do either of you, and you don't have to answer this, um, do either of you have a history of sexual abuse or anything? Because a lot of times I find that um, a, a lot of children or a lot of women that are victims of rape were molested as children or they were, you know, and it wasn't just one person. I mean, yes, there's, you know, isolated incidences where it was one person or whatever that, you know, the uncle or the dad or the grandpa or the neighbor next door or whatever. But it's very, there's always patterns. Like I always break shit down to people. I'm like, you want to know the secrets of your surroundings and reality? It's in psychology and patterns in nature, AKA natural law. The nature will give you patterns Human nature is a reflection of mother nature, whether we want to recognize that or not. So I'm just asking that because, you know, and you don't have to answer it. It's totally fine. I did not have any type of sexual assault, like growing up with family, with friends or anything like that. I was in a very toxic relationship my junior year of high school where my boyfriend at the time was very... um, I guess he just wanted to have sex all the time, whether I wanted to or not. And at the time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to. Like, even if I don't want to, I have to. And it was very, um, yeah. So I guess that's not exactly sexual assault, but it wasn't consented. Yeah, you're, yeah, Yeah. I get it. Um, I myself had never been sexually assaulted before this, but I have a pretty rough childhood about 11 and beyond till I graduated uh, with some stuff with my dad and my stepmom and so I was mentally and emotionally abused but not sexually yeah well it sounds like your mom was like trying to prepare you hey stay aware of your surroundings this and that like because I would think a, a lot of people that are victims of sexual assault, they're not taught to be aware, you know, they're, they're not, you know, you're, you're like already kind of thinking ahead. And like you said, you're at this local bar that you go to once, twice a month. And, you know, you kind of knew the bartenders. I mean, probably didn't know them that well, but you probably right. felt comfortable enough to, Oh shit, they're giving us a free shot, you know? Right. We, you know, they're trying to in, in, involve us in, they didn't want to f- make us feel alienated or whatever. So, you know, you're just doing what everybody else would have done, right? Right. And so chances are this probably wouldn't have happened. Like, you know, like if it was just alcohol. Because I-, I can tell you just based off your guys' story, which is why I had you on the podcast, is because there's no fucking way you guys <laughs> just drank alcohol. Somebody fucking slid GHB or some fucking downer powder or whatever the fuck these rapists are using to uh you know knock you guys out and make you incoherent and um you know that's unfortunate that you have like people working in the police department that are supposed to specialize in criminal behavior and activity and know about shit like this and these idiots can't even do their job mm-hmm. properly and i'm not saying this about every cop because you know my step my stepfather was a cop for, you know, years and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of really cool, uh, cop clients and, you know, I know there's a lot of really good police officers out there. Um, but it's really amazing when you have a, 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 a law enforcement agent living like he's in fucking Disney world. Like, huh, the guy seemed real genuine. <laughs> Until right. he stuck his finger in my ass. What that kind of question? <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's super frustrating that it doesn't feel like we're being believed. Like, I just don't understand why anybody would think that we would ever make this situation up. And what's more unfortunate is, yeah, it sucks for us and it's because it, we'll never get that closure. But that also means that these dudes are still out on the street. Like, they'll probably, this man's a known womanizer. He'll probably be doing this again and again. And so we can't even prevent this from happening to another woman. I mean, hopefully, since his name's in the database now, if anyone comes in again to the hospital or tells the story, he's already in there for this. But unless that happens, which a lot of the times women don't come forward for understandable yes. reasons, 
then I mean these guys are going to be out there and they'll just be abuse like assaulting again and again which is terrible and it's really scary to think about someone else going through this like I wouldn't ever yeah. wish this on anyone mm-hmm. yeah it's fucking dark man like it's somebody told me a long time ago I forget who it was maybe I heard it on a podcast or something but they were talking about the seven deadly sins and what's really weird is I've been thinking a lot about that lately and I'm like oh which ones apply to me the most but um, I believe it was this guy Mark Passio that said it and he said every sin is based off of theft something that doesn't belong to you like you know like rape thieving Right? You're, you're yeah. stealing, you know, uh, embezzlement, thieving, uh, you know, it's just like, or even like the, the, the seven deadly sins that affect you, like maybe it's gluttony or like stealing from your health to, you know, there's like, oh, but that's exactly what it is, is, is rape is theft. It's taking something that doesn't belong you on top of like, physically violating somebody and i know that there's all kinds of crimes where people are victims you know somebody could get hit in the head with a gun and then get jacked or whatever but like yeah this is and and i've said for years now you know even like if we go back seven eight years on some of my facebook posts pedophilia is the bane of human existence and the people behind the most heinous crimes on this planet are pedophiles and it's not even the act of pedophilia or collapsing economies or dropping missiles on people or starving people to death or whatever it is it's these people get off on the energy of victimizing um helpless people i don't want to say innocent people per se but helpless people and and doing it's an energetic thing that these people are getting off on and um it's really unfortunate that part of what could have happened with this whole situation is, is, and I'm just going to be circumstantial, is because as a tattooer, I know some creep fucking tattooers, right? Dudes that are like decent looking dudes, right? Kind of funny, right? It's like, why you got to be creepy about it, bro? Like crack some jokes, either it falls into your lap or it doesn't, or you know what I mean? It's like, so for me, my takeaway from it is, is some people just get off on weird shit, dude, like dark, weird shit. And it's really unfortunate that that like leaves like a bunch of victims behind it. Yeah. It makes you think about like yourself and did you do something wrong? Should I have not have been there? Did I say something that provoked him when in reality, like I shouldn't be thinking those things? No, you got drugged. Right. It's just so... He, he's done this yeah. several times, I promise you. Yeah. I, I know now that it definitely wasn't my fault, but those thoughts still run through your mind. You still have to work through it because this is so stigmatized like before people were like oh you drank too much or you shouldn't have dressed like that when in reality it's not our fault at all yeah um so yeah i just i really wanted to get you guys on to share your story and also what do you guys feel like has been helping you guys i know it's fresh and new and do you think you know what do you guys feel like is helping or could potentially help you with this you know the trauma from the situation that you experienced well i'm all for mental health in fact one of my degrees i'm working on right now is pre-med and i might go into psychiatry Mm. um and i myself am in therapy right now speaking to someone and i think if you're down for that and you can talk to somebody that finding a counselor that works for you, it would be really good. Cause then you can work through those feelings with a, you know, like a third party where, you know, they weren't involved, but they're there for you to talk to. Um, and I think that's helpful. And in our case, as you can see, we've been traveling, kind of getting out, taking our minds off of it, doing things that bring us joy, like 
spending time in nature. And I think just focusing in and doing your own personal hobbies. And then again, talking to someone, if, if you're open to that, those things definitely help. And I am also in therapy and that I think that helps a ton. You get different ways to refocus your brain, to refocus the thoughts, to help you calm yourself down when you're having a hard day or a hard hour. And I also am on medication for anxiety and depression dealing with this situation, which I'm all for helping people, helping mental health. And medication is stigmatized to be like, oh, you ha- you're something's wrong with you. You aren't normal, but it really helps. And if you're open to that, medication is very helpful. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good. I'm I'm hoping that maybe somebody could hear this and be able to share it with somebody else or maybe somebody directly hears it and it's able to open a doorway for them to, you know, because... I just think it's like, it's just a tragedy that, you know, that it's, it's, it's like this because, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, we live in fucking Disney world. Um, I re- I really wish we did. I really wish like, cause a lot of my friends are always like, you're so militant. You're so like, you're so hardcore about some of your beliefs and, and things like that. And it's, it's not because I don't want you know, like fucking Disney World for people. It's that it's not fucking Disney World, and you know we've been sleeping, and now we're seeing in the last four years, just all over in all different facets of this country, just to me the most sophisticated psychological warfare of my lifetime, and and um, I really wish that people we're more aware of the criminal underbelly, you know, it's like when you're like turning a blind eye and you, you know, and I'm not saying to stay focused on this shit, you know, cause I stayed focused on it for years. And like I said, I had to take a fucking break from it. It's just, you know, but it's also good to be fucking aware of your surroundings, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of like what you said too, I like to apply things again to natural law and na- in nature and patterns in nature. You know, you're like this, you know, going to counseling, it's very helpful. It gets, you know, draws your mind off, you know, or like does different things in your mind. And like I always say, like, if you look at like a dog that's been abused, like you, uh, you know, you adopt a, an abused dog or whatever, and maybe the dog's mean or the dog barks too much or the dog's peas for no reason or whatever you got to um you got to develop like extra dog curriculum you know like you can't just be like oh i'm just gonna train him like for a little bit a day it's like no you got to make for months every chance you get like either a a a a boundary or a reward for this dog you got to put it through ultimate dog training you got to take it to the dog park socialize it with other dogs you can't let it up on the couch maybe in nine months from now you can but now you got to have boundaries and you got to give it rewards for the good things that it does right and and you know human beings i know we don't like to think that in in some senses we've got to put ourselves through superhuman training to get through traumas and I say that as somebody who's experienced just endless amounts of all kinds of traumas you know what I mean and just not really affected by the shit that I used to be affected by anymore you know um, but yeah um, so let's end it on a positive note ladies thank you so much for having us yes I was we haven't talked about our story pretty much since it happened. And so it was really nice to come on here and share it a little bit, especially if anyone can relate. And I, I hope this reaches somebody who this can help. Thank you for listening. What you guys got any more amazing adventures planned in the future? Well, we plan on going on many adventures. (laughs) We are adventures are very last minute. Very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. That's the way mine are. (laughs) Yeah. 
So none right now, but there will be for sure in the future. Yes. Good. And you guys, in general, before this incident, did you guys feel like you're fairly happy, social-ish? Yeah. I mean, it's an over, we're in an overwhelming time right now. Let's right. be honest. Yeah. I think that we were happier than we are right now. Okay. I, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> as happy as we could be in the circumstances that life has thrown at us with COVID, lockdown. And I know this is cliche, but seriously, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I look back at like fucking some of the most traumatic experiences of my life, even near-death experiences, and I literally don't regret a goddamn thing that's happened to me. So it's all like it's I like we're like in gladiator school. (laughs) Hence hence the term esoteric gladiator. But thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.